Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest to you and your family. Today, we continue our series on COVID-19 and the impact it has had and continues to have on our community. Today, my guest is Linda Hasjeff, Executive Director of Opportunity Alliance of Nevada. Welcome, Linda. Hi, Sherry. Thanks for having me on your uh, podcast today. Oh, thank you. Um, I want you to tell us about Opportunity Alliance. I know that you do a lot of work with people on their finances, and certainly when we're talking about COVID issues and what's happening with, of course, the downturn in our economy, that it seems like your organization is more important than ever. Can you tell us about Opportunity Alliance? When did it start? What is your mission? And who do you serve? You bet. Thanks, Sherry. So we uh, started out in 2015. That's when we actually organized as a nonprofit. We we were in existence before under the United Way, but that's really when we solidified. Um, And what we do is um, we are intended to build financial stability and self-sufficiency for all Nevadans and to build sustainable communities across Nevada that stabilize and improve the lives of individuals and families. Okay. And so those are a lot of words that might not mean a lot. So really what we do is we bring together resources and people from diverse socioeconomic backgrounds. And then we investigate and understand the barriers faced by low to moderate income, that's who we serve, low to moderate income, and provide pathways to self-sufficiency. And we do this through training, financial coaching, mentorship, advocacy, partnerships, and collaboration. Okay, well this is great. There, We've got a lot we certainly can get into here. I know that, um, let's talk a little bit about your trainings. What type of trainings do you offer people? So we're still actively doing our Bridges Out of Poverty training. Um, we have day one, day two, and Bridges to Healthcare. Um, when we launched our direct services program, which I know we'll talk about shortly, we put our training on hold. Financial coaching, um, financial literacy uh, workshops for folks, but our Bridges work has really emerged as very necessary and very needed right now. Um, training virtually is a little bit different, so we've had to regroup and refab, but we're still doing um, our Bridges training in the community. And can you explain, and you do the Bridges training for other organizations? We do. So it can be for um, either organizations that are trying to understand um, folks who are in poverty or coming out of poverty a little bit better. It might be for the organizations that are the direct services, you know, our um, Catholic Charities, um, some of our other uh, social services programs within a state. A lot of those have been through our Bridges Out of Poverty training statewide, as, as I mentioned. Um, and then day two is more helping the organizations understand how to integrate this information and potential systemic changes within their organization um, to, to meet the folks who are on this path, meet them in the middle. So Bridges Out um, so of that, Poverty, um, that's a program where you train people to understand how somebody that is low income makes their decisions. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. That is. So they, you know, day one, they explore a wide range of issues around poverty, like schools and businesses operate from middle class norms, and which isn't always understood across a class 
and people most affected by poverty, you know, aren't included necessarily from that norm. So it helps identify kind of the mindsets of what we'll say general population where we need to be looking at it from a different lens. Well, when you talked about um, part of what Opportunity Alliance does, you talked about financial stability, and that certainly is something that uh, right now is at the forefront for everybody. We have a lot of people that their financial stability has been turned on its head. Probably more than ever, Sherry. Yeah. More than ever through this, yeah. this crisis. And so, so with that happening today in our community, so many people unemployed, people on unemployment insurance, and now we've had the $600 uh, that hasn't, isn't going to go forward, at least not for right now it's not. Um, mm -hmm. what, what would be the benefit of somebody who's been laid off and on unemployment and can't get their job back of calling Opportunity Alliance? Um, what would you have to offer them, Linda? That's a great question, Sherry. And what we're finding, I'm going to go into the program a little bit more, but what we're finding from the folks that we're connecting with is having a live person to talk to, like alleviate 50% yeah. of their stress, if not more. Mm -hmm. um, and so they'll call in and be connected to one of our volunteer financial navigators. And they can enter our system either through our website, um, through a chat function, email, text, or phone call. So we're trying to put a an avenue for all folks. If they don't have the right technology, they can call from a landline. You know, so we, we try to accommodate any category of folks that need to contact us. And then originally when we first launched in um, April, folks were struggling to get in through the unemployment call line, which we know was problematic. So really where there wasn't a way for us to get them any quicker through the call line, but what we could do, Sherry, is get them on the phone, talk about what is their current situation. What income do you have? Who are your creditors? And we would, it, while they're talking to them, they populate a worksheet. So at the end of the discussion, they get the worksheet and a spending plan. So they'll say, tell us about who your, your creditors are. They'll populate in there what the phone number is, what the website is. Really encourage them to contact them immediately and start making payment arrangements. Tell, you know, tell them what to ask specifically, what to document specifically. And so we walk them through next steps while they were waiting online to enter these other systems that they weren't having a lot of luck getting through. Mm -hmm. We would also pair them with existing resources. So we weren't repeating, weren't trying to reinvent the wheel. They would um, get on the 211 site with these folks and walk them through potential resources as well. They wouldn't hang up and say, call 211. Well, they would get great. on there and talk through them. Yeah. Yeah, and then they would, um, at the end of the conversation, be um, emailed or text the copy of the worksheet, um, and also populate the spending plan. You know, they might say, hey, I only have $500, and I have $2,500 worth of expenses. They might help them prioritize where to spend that. And do they look at other resources in our community that would save them money in a certain area that would free up money to pay the bills? Very much so. Yeah. And, and, and the most likely resource for that would be food pantries. Right. And what we're finding, Sherry, is we're having a lot of folks enter public assistance systems that never did before, maybe yes. small mom and pops or small business owners. Yeah. And um, they had a hard time getting used to, you know, not spending money on food and going to a food pantry and shifting the funding. But um, 
eventually, you know, and, and folks can reenter our system multiple times. They can call back and say, okay, now I have a stimulus check. I need you to help me re, re you know, reschedule what we should be doing. Right. So they would, and they would say, you know, maybe there were um, certain resources for women and children. Maybe you could go get diapers and formula a certain place. So, you know, they would talk to them about not purchasing that. Mm-hmm. So they certainly would overlay all the information they had of the different resources available. And do you find that uh, creditors with what's happening with the pandemic are being more receptive, say, um, paying on a car payment or a credit card payment, they're being more receptive to what's happening with people? You know, Sherry, it really depends on who the company is. Yeah. It varies from lender to lender, and it varies widely. Um, You know, a lot of the folks that we work with are renters. So, you know, they they had eviction stays. But then on the other side of that, we have the, the homeowners calling in. Yeah. Who own the home. Yeah. And now they can't pay their property taxes. Right. So so you know, we 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 see it from all the components of the pain point. And um one other thing that I think is really important to note, Sherry, about Opportunity Alliance is we also um engage in statewide forums of discussions. So we had the labor commissioner come to us and talk about us being part of the solution for the new program. Um, that they're launching through the AG's office, Attorney General's office, the Homeowner Connect, which um, uh, is an assistance program for homeowners who might be going through foreclosure mediation or um, whatever functionality of a homeowner um, pain point they're having. And they also work between them and the the servicer or the lender. Um, Mm -hmm. And they offer, you know, HUD certified credit counseling. So what they do is they pinged Opportunity Alliance to say, hey, you know, we need you to be part of this solution because you can walk them through, you know, their spending plan and next steps or prioritizing budget and that type of thing. So it's a nice overlay to what they're going to have to be dealing with in the big picture. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a um, a therapist last week on a, our podcast to talk about the fears of covid and she made a comment that, you know, our initial response to so many things is fight or flight or avoidance. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the first instinct for so many is to just go into sort of an avoidance mode because you're mm-hmm. so overwhelmed, not because they don't want to deal with it, but you're just so overwhelmed with it. How do your um, How do your counselors deal with the stress level for somebody? Well, you know, it's interesting. I just recently, we establish um, collaborative partners throughout the state as we go. And um, I just um, worked with Nevada Health Centers, which is a statewide organization that basically is primary care servicers, but they have a behavioral health overlay. Right. And they, they also work like on a sliding scale. So what we do is we bring in as much information as we have to be able to do what we call a warm handoff. Mm-hmm. So the folks at Nevada Health Centers know Opportunity Alliance is referring to their system, and we have a specific phone number, or specific email that that our that our clients go through, not for any kind of um, uh, you know extra treatment or you know priority treatment. It's just that we have that established relationship, mm-hmm. and we are pretty clear when they call Sherry. We're we're here to help you m- navigate your financial issues, and we know there's huge components to that, um, and the stress level and the emotional well-being of people are really rising to the top quickly. 
totally outside our bailiwick. So we made sure we had a collaborative partner in the state um, that we could that we could refer to and that they would attend to and report back to us, so that we could make sure, you know, on our end we could check it as closed as well. Oh, that's fabulous! Because not only are they worried about their bills, but now they're worried about getting COVID nineteen. They are, and you know, some of these folks you probably know this better than anybody, Sherry. We've got families that are both are working from home now. Mm-hmm. They're trying to homeschool. Mm-hmm. And they might have an elderly relative that they're caregiving for. Right, and, right. And that's very common. It's not like that's worst case scenario. We hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. So their stressors are are multiple. Yeah. Now you you utilize um, the phone counselors. They're volunteers for for your programs, right? That's correct. And so, how does someone become a volunteer navigator, and what are the qualifications? So I'm. I got to tell you, Sherry, I am humbled and impressed. It's the, the type of uh, volunteers we have at the moment. Um, we've got, you know, honestly, bank presidents. We've got, um, we've got um, law professors. And it's out of, I think, just their need to help, right? Mm-hmm. There's not much they can do, but they really want to be part of the solution. And we have it's virtual uh, volunteer. So we've got folks from across the United States. Mm-hmm. We've got folks in five or six different states working with us. Mm. Um, but really, you 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 know you basically have to be a good listener, compassionate, and able to use um, Google Documents, a spreadsheet, and email. And our volunteers are set up with an OA Opportunity Alliance email, so it's nothing personal. Um, so all the the um, inter- all the interaction is. Um, confidential to our to our volunteers. That's really important that we keep both ends very confidential. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, basically take our minimal training, and uh, we have um, debriefing calls twice a week with our volunteers to see how it went with them. We also have a training once a week that's just a held spot for any volunteer that wants, says we need to be trained on this, and if they mm-hmm. want to host the mm-hmm. training. So we engage our volunteers at a very high level, and basically they lead. They they are leading this. Um, and to become a volunteer, you just go to our website, and, and there's a form on there. There's a tab that says, "I you know, volunteer here. And what, what and then, website, yeah. Linda? Uh, yeah, so it's going to be opportunityalliancenv.org altogether. Well, let's go back a little bit to somebody who um, has lost their job. Um, mm-hmm. They have bills, and they're not sure what to do. And you help them prioritize the expenses. When you have mm-hmm. rent, food, credit card payments, and no job, how do you prioritize that? Such a good question. And early on when there was mortgage forbearance, which we know is being lifted, and there was eviction stays, which we know are coming up. It was a lot easier. Let's say we, we did get a lot of gig economy workers that would come through because, you know, for a while they weren't, they weren't eligible for unemployment. Right, right. So, so one example would be um, one of our navigators was working with an Uber driver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, his automatic thought was pay your rent first. Meanwhile, he's, he's not going to be able to make a living if he doesn't keep his car and his insurance up. Right. So our volunteers are kind of thought leaders with them as well to like, let's walk through this. Let's talk through this. You know, you can't be evicted. And you're, you've got some time to um, keep your, your rental 
um, burden at bay, and they would still call and say, we, our volunteers would say, I need you to call your landlord. Make sure you have a conversation with them. You know, the more you can con- connect with your creditors, the better. Mm-hmm. So they would suggest they call their landlord and say, look, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pay this month. I'm going to try to pay, you know, whatever arrangements they make. But to be able to keep them getting what income they could, the recommendation was to make sure your car is paid for and your insurance is paid for. So it would really vary from situation to situation. Um, well, it sounds like they, they really look at the reality of the situation. I mean, that's an excellent example that you gave us, which is you need the car to, to maybe get some income and you can hold off on the rent. Right. And we had one young father that owed child support. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's hardly any forbearance on child support. So they walked through the different areas that could wait you know, where you could maybe find assistance with rental assistance programs if they existed in their area, and it's right. very different by each zip code almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would really um, walk through the, their particular situation. And our volunteers, Sherry, will spend between an hour and three hours with each cl- each client that calls in. Wow. And they can call back multiple times. That is that's fabulous, Linda. It's absolutely fabulous. One of the things you've mentioned a couple of times, is connecting with your creditors. And again, that's mm-hmm. that uh, not avoidance issue. <laughs> and that's, that's hard it. to do sometimes, connecting with creditors, because there's a certain amount of shame, possibly, in not having a job and saying, I can't afford to pay you. You you bet. And that, that was discussed quite a bit as well. And that's why, Sherry, we populated the worksheet with the information. It's not like, so get off the phone and call your creditor. You have to look up their number. Mm-hmm. It was just... They had they had a sheet that all they had to do was now place the calls, mm-hmm. or or send an email. Oh, that's that's fabulous, Linda. That's just fabulous. What other programs do you have? So that is really um, our our main um, program right now. It's the first direct services program we've ever launched, and in the back of my mind, as the executive director, I've always thought that would be a wonderful thing to have, but it was never something that it was a comfortable thing for me to do. It was going to be a lot of, you know, it's going to be climbing a hill to get that done. And then when COVID hit and the financial impacts from it happened, I I knew that's what we had to do for the community. Mm-hmm. So we developed it, created it, launched it. Um, and that has been the focus of what we're doing. However, in addition to this, and it, it does play into this, Sherry, we hold an advisory committee meeting every other Friday where we invite guest speakers, and we have a statewide attendance in this of policymakers, um, direct service providers, so the folks that really see what's happening on the front lines or those that need to hear what's happening so they can be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hold those every other Friday, and we have also launched what we call Brown Bag Lunch Series. And um, it started with, um, we work very closely with our legal aid centers, so we know, you know what is appropriate to send to them. The first one was um, Legal Aid of Southern Nevada and the AG's office, Attorney General's office and um, the Home Again program talking about what's, what is happening, what's coming. The stays are going to be lifted. What are tenants' rights? What are landlords' rights? So we host forums where we can provide a lot of what I think pertinent and timely information, and then the attendees can ask questions in our chat function. And we typically have over 100 people attend each one of these webinars. Oh, that's and they are, and they're recorded. You can find them on our website. Mm-hmm. 
And just most recently, we launched our um, our it's a it's a series that grew out of the I would say global unrest mm-hmm. of racial tensions and that type of thing. So we decided that we are not the experts, but we are the agency to convene. Um, so we developed a Pathways to Racial Economic Justice series. July 9th, the spotlight was on wealth disparities, and we have international, regional, and local experts that come. The second um, one was on housing. The third one was on the health wealth connection with just amazing information and panelists, you know, that gave us, I mean, really telling information. Then we were um, workforce and small business. Now tomorrow, it's our spotlight on the justice system. And the last one will be on education. As it relates to, yeah, as it relates to financial security, financial stability. So it sounds like you're really uh, putting a huge effort into having something available for the people that need the services because uh, of the economic downturn, and then you're educating the people, uh, the people in our community, with um, all of your classes, so that they can understand how the economic downturn has impacted our community. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a really good recap of what we're doing, Sherry. And I think daily we find new ways to to help and make a difference. Like you said, things things are just changing so quickly. And I think it's kind of unfortunate, you know, we're still in a – I feel like we're still in a decline for folks. I don't know that we're done declining for a lot of reasons. We're not done. I don't think we are done. And it's the – sort of the multifaceted but also the trickle-down theory that it, the economic downturn hits one person, then hits another person, hits another person. Right. Absolutely. And, and then yeah. <clears throat> the interrelationship between all of that, you know, maybe one person was the breadwinner of a house of four of multi-generations. Right. And then, you know, the solutions are a little more complicated, but, but they're there. And Do we you can have, um, walk through that. Do you have Spanish-speaking volunteers, navigators? We do. Oh, that's fabulous. So, um, mm-hmm. and on your, uh, so somebody can come on your website and, a- and ask for a Spanish speaker. They actually have their own phone line because uh-huh. the message is in Spanish. But, so they have their own entry port so that they don't have to figure out what, what we're saying in English to them. Yes, they have um, their own entry point into the system that's Spanish. Oh, that's fabulous. So... We know, I mean, we've touched on it in our conversation today, that this economic downturn isn't going away anytime soon and that we're going to feel the ramifications of it for months, if not years ahead. What are your biggest concerns over the next six months and how does that incorporate with what you're going to be doing with Opportunity Alliance? Yeah, Sherry, you know, the next six months, are, it's going to be housing issues. On top of everything else, we're getting the eviction stays lifted, the forbearance is lifted. And, and I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do. All I'm saying is uh, the Gwynn Center, who's one of our partners as well, Policy mm-hmm. Lab in the state, I mean, mm-hmm. brilliant people. You know, they expect hundreds of thousands of people to be affected by the eviction crisis, yeah. which is going to, you know, bottleneck the courts, yeah. which is going to bottleneck um, some of the programming. So housing, eviction, um, the ripples from that, you know, the, uh, ripple from the mortgage forbearance, that is what's going to be our next biggest crisis. And how do we keep people housed? How do we keep people? We don't want them to have to leave a home 
try to find other housing from a financial stability standpoint now, when all my comments are basically from a financial stability standpoint. Right. So how do we do that? One of our solutions was um, to look for the right partnerships. Um, we just, Opportunity Alliance just established a partnership with something called Green Path. And they are a HUD-approved um, housing counseling agency. They do debt consolidation. All of these housing um, components that are um, <clears throat> related to rebuilding your credit or mortgage uh, and mortgage forbearance, that type of thing, things that are going to be so needed. So we have established a partnership with them. And if you come through our volunteer financial navigator program, we have um, worked our contract with them that there are some reduced or free services around these housing counseling um, services that are going to be so needed. Um, but you do have to enter through our system so we can help you talk about your budget in general mm -hmm. and then send you their way for the, the counseling or if you need debt consolidation or if you need student loan uh, 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 forbearance assistance, the multitude of different counseling options. So we knew that was coming, and we looked for a partner um, and established our partnership with Green Path. Um, that's fabulous. You, it sounds like that Opportunity Alliance is really looking at the future and how they can help. Um, housing, yes, is yeah. going to be huge. Uh, jobs, uh -huh. which of course relate to the housing, and again, it's that uh, multifaceted piece of it or that trickle-down theory that that will eventually hit the children and if families yeah. are out on the street. So um, I know there's mm -hmm. a lot of people thinking about this, and obviously Opportunity Alliance is one of them, and what are we right. going to do at the end of 2020 with the people that don't have a home, especially in the wintertime. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, so we hope to be part of the solution and the conversation and help folks get there, meaning maybe we can keep them from losing their home if we can help them establish, you know, conversations with their creditors yeah. and, and, and establish um, payment options up front. Again, fight, flight, or avoidance. It's all very normal but how do we help them with their next steps? Absolutely. Can you can you tell us again how somebody can get a hold of you, uh, the website and a phone number if you have it? You bet. So the best way, the fastest way, because a ticket will be created, is through our website, which is www.opportunityalliancenv.org. And otherwise, you can call our main number, which is 775 333-8274, and now that's an office number, so you're going to get quicker uh, assistance through the website, but feel free to call that one if somehow you just can't get access to the website. Perfect. Thank you, Linda, for today's important conversation. This has been, um, yes, you gave us some fabulous facts. We've been talking today about the financial stress of COVID-19 and the impact it's had on so many people and so many of the families in our community. We've been talking with Linda Hascha. She is the Executive Director of Opportunity Alliance of Nevada. Please pass on this information from this podcast to anyone you know who is experiencing financial stress. I think that would be a really good thing to do. Um, Linda's given us her website and the phone number, and please pass those on to anyone that you think needs it. Thank you so much for listening, and for a list of our podcasts, go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcast, 